0: Hey, my name is Phil and this is my wife Meredith and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. I want you to look at somebody next to you. I want you to type it in the chat and say, don't uproot the fruit, let it grow you can write it down in your notes and you can tell somebody on your other side, don't uproot your fruit. Let it grow. We're going to keep leaning in this morning to our series for the culture. We've been sitting on this series talking about what it means to live in a culture that is around us while being abiding in a culture that is his kingdom culture. That Jesus came to announce one thing, that he came to establish one thing. Come on, Matthew 4 and 17 has been our core text. And Matthew 4 and 17 says that from that time Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. He came to declare this message that his kingdom had come, that his kingdom was here and that he came to announce an entirely new way of living. Jesus spent so much time telling them what the kingdom was going to be like and what the kingdom looked like and what the kingdom felt like, what the kingdom sounded like because it was so drastically different from the culture that they were used to living in. They had been living and walking and working in a certain set of expectations, in a certain set of social norms, and Jesus came to let them know, I have an entirely new set of norms for you and it's gonna feel a little funny sometimes, and it's gonna shock you a little bit sometimes, and it's gonna make you stand out from the crowd almost every time, because my set of social norms do not look like the culture that has been presented to you. And just like those early disciples so many years ago, you and I live in an entirely different culture. Jesus came to establish an entirely new culture for us. And when he brings us into his kingdom, he says, I have a whole new way for you to live. I have a whole new set of of ideas for you. I have a whole new set of concepts for you. And it's gonna feel a little bit funny sometimes. And it's gonna look a little bit different sometimes. And it almost always is gonna make you stand out a little bit different from the crowd around you because my way of doing things does not look like everybody's way of doing things. And so he told them parables. He told them stories to help them get a picture. If you haven't picked up on it by now, as we've gone through this series for the culture, we've been sitting in many of the parables that Jesus told them. Jesus told them these stories that were fictional stories but where the characters and the things in the story had symbolic meaning of the picture that he was trying to get them to grasp because what Jesus knows about us is that we grab on to stories and we grab on to pictures and we're able to remember them and he wanted them to get a picture for this culture that he was coming to establish. And so many of the stories that he looked at, like the story we're gonna look at today, had to do with fields, had to do with seeds, had to do with growing, had to do with what happens in the context of a field. And it's a story that meant a lot to the people he was speaking to at the time because they were growing up in an agricultural society where many of them would have spent time in the fields. And many of them would have spent time planting. And many of them would know what it meant to go out and to harvest and to reap but I think that it's the genius of Jesus to tell stories about growing and about fields and about planting because centuries later, with all of the things that have changed in our society and even though many of us don't spend our time and our hours and our days in the field, there is still something about a seed going into the ground, about the plowing of a field, about what happens when you wait for that seed to come forward and to bring fruit that we still have a context for. I think it's the genius of Jesus that he told stories that meant something to them right there in that moment to first century Jews that would hold on and that would still be relevant and that would still make sense to you and I years and years and generations later that we would be able to open and read these stories about seeds and fields and still understand that Jesus was giving us a picture of a different way of doing things. So as you turn to Matthew 13 today, we're gonna look at another one of these parables that Jesus told them. We're gonna look at a parable that is often referred to as the parable of the wheat and the weeds, or the wheat and the tares, depending on your translation. A tear is a type of weed. It's in Matthew 13, and it's about midway down Matthew 13. Interestingly enough, it comes... After another parable, often called the parable of the sower, we're going to talk about that late in a little bit, about why it is that I think Matthew might have layered these two stories, one after the other, some things that are similar and some things that are different that Matthew wanted us to catch when he was recounting some of these parables that Jesus told them about what it means to be a part of his kingdom, As we keep challenging ourselves and asking ourselves the question, am I going to live for the culture of the world, of the current moment that I live in, or am I going to live for the timeless culture of the kingdom? So it starts out in Matthew 13 and 24. It says, and he put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed. Say good seed. good seed. Not bad seed, good seed in his field. But while the man and his men were sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, When they bore their grain, that's an important detail we're going to come back to. Then the weeds appeared also. And then the servants of the master came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed? Now they sowed good seed. They know he sowed good seed. How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and to gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Say it again. Don't uproot your fruit. Let it grow. God, we thank you for your timeless truths. We thank you for your words. We thank you that you told us stories that we might grasp the picture of what it means to live in your kingdom culture. God, reveal it to us today. Make us more like you. Form us in your image. God, give me clarity as I speak this and give us hearts to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. So this (laughs) man, this man feels ready. This man sowed some seed in his field. He gave it to his servants. They go out, they sow seed in this field, and they know that they have good seed, and they know that they have good soil, yet something starts happening when the seed starts to produce its fruit, that weeds start appearing with it, because the story tells us where the weeds came from. It wasn't because the field was neglected. It wasn't because the man was lazy. It wasn't because the servants weren't doing their work. It was because an enemy came and sowed weeds in the midst of their field. I think it's interesting, and I don't want you to miss it, that something happens about when they start to notice the weeds. The enemy comes and he sows weed in the midst of their field, but they don't realize that the weed is in the midst of their field until the wheat starts to bear its fruit, until it starts to blossom, until it starts to see that this harvest is right there. The, the servants don't notice that there's weeds growing among their wheat until they start to th- see the thing that they've been waiting for and that they've been hoping for. And isn't that just like our life sometimes? that just at the moment that you start to see a glimmer of the thing that you've been praying for, just at the moment that you start to see a hope of the thing that God spoke to you, just at the moment that you think that the dream is going to come become a reality, when you see that light at the end of the, just at that same moment, is when you look and you start to see weeds in your life. You start to see things in your life that you think might be encroaching on the dream that God spoke to you. You start to see things in your life that you think might be encroaching on the promise that God spoke to you, and all of the sudden it seems like the hope and the promise of the thing that you wanted, the thing that you desired, the thing that God has been speaking to you about might be in danger because now where you thought there was only wheat, there's also some weeds and there are these servants out there looking at the harvest that is going to be their livelihood looking at the harvest that has been promised to them and they're looking and suddenly all they can see are the weeds now i told you this story comes right after the parable of the sower the parable of the sower if you've read it before it's where Jesus tells them a story about a man who goes and he sows seed. And his seed doesn't only fall in good soil. It fa- falls in four different places. One place that it falls is in good soil. It also falls on rocky ground. It also falls by the wayside. And it also falls in thorny ground. Thorns are a different kind of weed. There's two different kinds of weeds because it's interesting. The man in the parable of the wheat and the weed says, just let it grow. Let it grow in the midst of the weeds, don't go and uproot it. But in the parable of the sower, it tells us that those weeds, those thorny weeds suffocated the seed and it couldn't grow and it couldn't last and the, the wheat that was in it, the fruit that was in it wasn't able to come into a harvest because those thorny weeds began to strangle out. That there, it, What it tells me is that there are two different kinds of weeds in life. There are two different kinds of things that come to attack your dream. There are two different kinds of things that come to attack the seed that God has planted and the purpose that he's placed in your life. There are two different kinds of weeds that want to draw our attention, that get us distracted, that get us looking at different things. The, the weed in the parable of the sower, it says that these thorny weeds are the cares and the worries of the world. They are the cares, the worries, the anxious thoughts that eat up and choke away the light. They are the what ifs that you ask yourself. What if the economy crashes again and I lose everything? And you suffocate that dream and you never invest in the places that God is speaking to you about. What if everything crashes and we never make it again? What if we run out of toilet paper again and we all should be stocking up today? What if someday I get sick? What if we all crash and we get in an accident? What if everything turns bottoms up? What if aliens come and invade the planet and take us over like in that? I mean, sometimes it gets a little crazy, right? I exaggerate a little bit to make the point, but these what ifs that take us down these winding paths and down these deep mental holes of what if this and what if that, the worries and the cares of this world that suffocate the dreams, they are thorny weeds that come up and they suffocate the promise that God has spoken over your life. They suffocate the seeds that he has placed and planted in your life. When your seed falls in a place of worry and of doubt and suffocation, These are the weeds that we have to uproot out of our life because he has not called us to what if our way into absolutely nothing. They strangle us. They demobilize us. They immobilize us. They freeze us in our place and keep us from moving forward. Your seed cannot survive in a what if everything turns tragic type environment. But there's another kind of what if as well. I think there's a what-if statement that becomes a reality check these what-ifs level off our life they stabilize us they cause us to look plainly at where we're at they cause us to move forward with confidence with understanding they allow us to grow resilience in ourselves that say and what if then I'm gonna let it grow What if this is the reality that I am looking at? Sometimes a situation requires us to look at it. What if the situation I'm looking at is the situation I'm dealing with? What if this isn't the moment that I hoped for, but it is the moment that I have? Then I'm not gonna uproot my fruit, I'm gonna let it grow anyway. Sometimes we have to ask ourselves a what if question that ca- requires us to look plainly, it requires us to adjust our expectations, it requires us to reset our metaphorical mirrors in our life and to keep growing in the midst of it. What if you never make more money than you're making today? What if you never make that paycheck that you hoped and dreamed and thought maybe someday? What if this is it? Then I'm gonna be content in him anyway. Then I'm gonna be thankful to Jesus anyway. Then I'm gonna trust in Jesus anyway. And then I'm gonna grow in the midst of it anyway. What if that relationship, what if that family member never changes? What if that situation is always just like it is today? What if? then I'm gonna set some boundaries in my life. Then I'm gonna readjust some expectations for my life. Then I'm gonna grieve and I'm gonna mourn for the thing that I hoped it would be in contrast to the thing that it is, but I am going to grow Anyway, I'm not gonna uproot my fruit because my situation is not what I hoped that it was gonna be. I'm not gonna uproot the fruit that God has put in my life. I am going to, what if this is it? What if this is the moment that I'm living in? What if this is the reality check that I have? What if this situation in the midst of all of its weeds is the real life moment that I have? Then I'm going to let it grow i'm gonna grow sometimes we come to moments in our life where we hear the holy spirit asking us and what if this is it and what if this is your reality i had a moment um years ago years ago when i was um when i was kind of a young adult this is a little bit of a like of a personal story but i think it's going to help some people today when I was pretty young in my teenage years, I had a, a genuine commitment and, and I think revelation, a clarity from God of what living in holy sexuality looks like. I define that simply as fidelity, faithfulness in marriage, and abstinence outside of marriage. And I made a commitment to God that that is how I wanted to live my life. And that seemed really great at 15 and 16 and 17, and then you get into some adult years and you see other people getting married and you live in the midst of a culture that teaches you that that's not really necessary and that you're being a bit extreme and actually sometimes even teaches you that that's oppressive and that you should really break free of that oppression, and that is such a lie from the enemy, I just want you to know right now that it is the freedom of God that gives us healthy boundaries because of what he wants you to experience, because of the wholeness that he wants you to find, not in somebody else, but in him. And so I came to some young adult years where I was having a conversation with God about how I was feeling about other people getting married and other people getting to live outside or living, deciding to live outside of his culture and how I felt about that. And he said to me, and what if this is what I have for you? What if you never get married, Meredith? What if that's never part of my plan for your life? What if then? And I realized that I had been living my faithfulness to him with a finish line mentality that if I could just hold on until this season was done, then I could make it to the end of this thing instead of living in a place where I said, if this is it, then I am still whole in you. If this is my reality, then I still find my peace in you. If this is what you have for me, then I still trust in you. And this is what I want us to know. I think there are too many places in our life where we're holding on to this moment where we're looking at some weeds in our life and we're saying, that's fine because this is just temporary I'm just gonna hold on to this finish line thing and we are living a hundred percent in survival mode instead of thriving mode and saying I am going to grow in the midst of it and we have to come to a place where we say if this is the reality that I'm living in what if covid 19 is not going away because guess what by all reasonable estimations it's not And we cannot live our lives in a finish line mentality. Like someday when this maybe comes to the end of it. And I'm just going to hold out. And I'm just going to wait until the end of this thing comes. What if it doesn't? What if this is the new real? What if this is the thing that we're living in? What if this is one of the weeds that we just have to live in? Then I will not uproot my fruit. I will let it grow anyway. And I'm going to grow in the middle of every circumstance and I'm gonna grow in the middle of every situation and no matter what I come to, no matter when I look around and I say, this isn't what I hoped, And this isn't what I dreamed for. And this isn't what I thought it was going to look like. And this isn't what I... And it makes me a little bit nervous, Jesus, to be out here in the midst of all this. And it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, all of the places that you're taking me to. And it makes me stand out a little bit because I'm doing things differently. Because I'm doing them the way that I heard instead of the way that I was taught. But I have decided that I am going to grow in the middle of it. I have decided that I am going to let my fruit grow that no matter what I will reality check my situation and what if this is it then I am going to let it grow I'm gonna let it grow going to let it grow in every season I'm gonna learn that in the midst of difficult situations there are things that aren't gonna be cleared up until Jesus returns There are things that won't be clear in my life. There are things that won't be certain in my life. There are things in my life where I just am gonna have to look and say, there are some weeds growing around me and I'm just gonna let it grow. this is the thing, it was good seed and it was planted in good soil. It didn't fall by the wayside and it didn't fall on rocky ground and it didn't even fall in the thorns it was planted in good soil how many times have you said I did the right thing and I was in the right place and I made the right decisions Jesus and I thought that I did it how you asked me I did it was good seed and it was good soil but then just as it started to blossom I looked around and there was some weeds growing up in the midst of my good soil and my good seed because we believe that if we just do it all right and we can control all of the elements and we can control all of the circumstances and we can follow it just as he wanted then everything is gonna be just right but everything isn't always gonna be just like like we wanted it to be just because we do everything just right because there is an enemy that came in. I don't want you to be ignorant of the fact that there is an enemy who doesn't want you to get your harvest. He doesn't want that promise that God spoke to you to come into reality. He doesn't want that baby that God spoke to you about to be held in your arms. There is an enemy who comes and he is planting weeds in the midst. And when you look around and you think, I did it all just like I was supposed to be. There was good soil and there was good seed, but there was an enemy. Oh, and the servants, the servants almost messed it up. Because they run back to the master and they say, do you want us to pull up the weeds? Do you want us to think, I'm so grateful that the servants had enough sense to check with the master before they started acting. Because they said, do you want us to pull up the weeds? But because the master knew a little bit more than the servants knew, he said, don't start pulling everything up. The plants aren't ready yet. Their roots aren't deep enough yet. They haven't come far enough along yet. And sometimes in the midst of it, you can't always tell what's a weed and what's a wheat, and you're not sure what's what. And if you start pulling too soon, you're going to uproot your harvest along with your weeds. So I need you to just let it grow. See, the weeds were there to get them distracted. The weeds came in, and they were a distraction From the harvest, don't you think it's interesting that when they came back to the master, even though the wheat had bloomed and the wheat was beginning to show that it was now that it was now fruitful, they didn't come back to the master telling him the harvest looks great, the harvest is beginning to bloom, I can see all of the fruit that we planted, I can see just how big it's going to be, and I can see. No, they came back talking about the distraction. They came back telling him all about the weeds. All about the weeds that they could see and and the distraction of the weed. The weeds in your life are there as a distraction to get your attention off of the thing that God is doing in your life, to get your attention off of the places that are growing in your life, to get your attention off of the things that are blooming, are blossoming, are beginning to show you that he is faithful to get your attention off of those things and on to the weeds don't allow yourself to be distracted by the weeds don't waste your good seed wishing for the perfect situation looking around and wishing and hoping and wondering that you lived in a different neighborhood wishing that you had different connections wishing that you had just had some more training or some more preparation or that you had grown up with this parent or with that parent or that your life was different and had brought you wishing for the perfect. They wished that they would have had a perfect field. But when they looked around, there were weeds in the midst of their field as well. And I want you to know that the perfect field is not coming for you. You will never start that business. You will never marry that man. You will never step out on that degree if you are waiting for a weedless situation. It's not coming you have to learn to grow in the midst of it. You have to learn to look around and say, I wish some of this was different and all of this doesn't look like I wanted it to and I can see that there are weeds in the midst but I have decided that I'm gonna grow right here in the middle of it. I have decided that come what may, I'm gonna grow anyway. Yes, I wish they would have spoken to me differently. Yes, I wish I would have been a little bit more prepared for this spot. Yes, I wish I never would have had to walk through that situation yes i wish that the economy was different yes i wish that all of these things would have yes i wish that my field was perfect like a photograph but it's not so i'm gonna grow anyway i'm gonna grow in the midst of it and i don't want you to waste your good seed with the distraction Getting your eye off of the thing that God has spoken to you and getting your eye on the thing that the enemy is trying to distract you with. The enemy wants your attention. The biggest mistake that Eve made in the garden was giving the enemy her attention. We have to learn to just ignore him sometimes. The thing that got the enemy kicked out of heaven is that he wanted the attention. He wanted everyone to look at him. He wanted everyone to stare at him and in your life too often God is saying it's right here. Look at the harvest that I'm giving you. Look at the thing that I'm growing in you. And the enemy's over here like, yeah, but there's all these weeds. Have you seen your weeds? Look at these these weeds over here. And we start giving the enemy, we have got to learn to ignore him. Nothing makes him more angry than when you just ignore him. Just stop giving him attention. The best way to deal with a pest is ignore him. they keep picking and they keep coming when they keep leaving stop giving him your attention he is nothing but a show horse he has been stripped of all of his power he has already been defeated it's why he wants to get you off of the focus of your harvest and we keep giving him what we want because every time a weed shows up we keep giving the weed all of our attention get your attention off of the weed do not give the enemy the dignity of your attention ignore him in the midst of a less than ideal situations, in the midst of all of the weeds around you, stop giving him your attention and focus your eyes on Christ Jesus. Focus your eyes on what he's doing in your midst. Focus your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith. Look and see what he will do because the enemy does not deserve any of your attention. Oh, but Christ alone, he deserves all of my attention. He deserves all of the glory. He deserves all can give him and we have to get our eyes on him stop giving the enemy your attention you are wasting you are wasting good seed giving your attention to the thing you should be ignoring and ignoring the thing that should have your attention give your attention to Jesus and ignore the enemy Oh, he's gonna be so frustrated about it. You just gotta let it grow. You gotta let it grow. Have you ever tried to make something better and then you actually make it worse? Yeah. That was never a good situation, right? Like you go and you try and pull a thread out of a sweater and next thing you know it's got a hole in it and you're like, oh, right? And doesn't, it, I feel that way in life sometimes. Like I'm trying to help. And I just make it worse. Feels like I'm walking through life trying to clean up baking soda with vinegar. Everywhere I go, it's just like exploding back at you. You can't quite get it back. You're like, how did this happen? I was trying to help this situation. And I ended up making it all worse. It's because we panic. We panic in the midst. We see something happening. and we, we panic to get involved in it immediately. It's what the servants were doing. They see the weeds and, and they start panicking. They're nervous about what's happening. And so they run to the master and they say, we're going we're gonna to pull up the weeds now. Can we go pull up the weeds? And, and they, they almost mess it up because they're panicked about pulling up all of the weeds. And if they would have pulled up the weeds, the master tells them, you are going to uproot the fruit at the city, You are going to make this worse. Don't panic. And I'm grateful that the master was not panicked. Grateful that the master was not nervous. That he told them, don't get nervous. You just got to let those weeds grow. Sometimes you just got to let the weeds grow in your life. And he tells them, let it keep growing. And I'm so grateful. For a master that was never panicked. He wasn't panicked on the boat when they thought it was sinking. He wasn't panicked in the parable when they come to him about the weeds. He wasn't panicked on the cross. And he's not panicked today. Trust the master. Trust in God. Don't uproot your fruit. Just let it grow just let it grow one of the things that I love about truth about heavenly real truth is that truth is applicable in our lives across the spectrum of reality it has multifaceted applications it is true on the micro and on the macro scale if it is true it is always true was true for them thousands of years ago, and it's true for us today. And we can't run around uprooting our lives and uprooting what's happening and trying to pull out every single weed that we happen to see because in the midst of it, we end up uprooting the fruit and the faithfulness that God has for our lives. So the application is good that the promises that God has spoken to you, the things that he has given you dreams about, don't go pulling up every weed in your life and inadvertently pulling up the fruit that he is blooming and blossoming in your life. But as you go further in Matthew 13, Jesus actually explains this parable to the disciples. As he explains this parable to the disciples, he tells them, you are the seed, you are the harvest. You are the thing that God has planted in good soil. And He wants wants to see you bloom and flourish into everything He has designed you to be. And He will come and He will bring you, and He will harvest you, and He will bring you home into fulfillment, into His storehouse. You are the focus of the story. You are the reason that He came you are the one that he came to see planted in good soil and this is what i want you to hear don't uproot your life for every weed that happens to pop up in your life he has called us here he has called us to declare jesus everywhere and to live lives of resilient faith You can't live resilient faith when you keep uprooting your life every time you see a weed somewhere. Every time you see something that isn't exactly how it was supposed to be, every time you see something that isn't what you pictured, what you imagined, or what you wanted, we start going after all of the little weeds and we uproot our lives. No, I believe God today is calling us to be people who are rooted, to be people who are established, to be people who are firmly planted, people who say, I refuse to uproot this fruit. I refuse to uproot my life. I refuse to uproot uproot myself for every inconvenience for every coming fad for every story that i hear for everything that makes me unknow i have decided that i'm going to let it grow in the midst of it i have decided that i am going to be a person that is established in every season that i am going to plant myself that i am going to live a resilient faith and he is calling us to establish that in our life he is calling us to plant ourselves so don't uproot your fruit let it grow come on tell somebody close to you let it grow, let it grow. Let it grow. If you're in the chat tell them let it grow let it grow let it grow, let it grow. you gotta let it grow and you know what also by the way The last 18, 24 months or so have been very weird, have been very unsettling, have brought a lot of unexpected, unforeseen weeds into all of our lives. So here's the thing. If you uprooted yourself, if you thought that you were uprooting a weed and you uprooted yourself, That's all right, just come on and get yourself replanted. Come on and get yourself back in the soil. Get your roots back, get your stability back. God designed us to be rooted. God designed us to be established. God designed us to be planted in a place. He didn't call us, oh Lord. He didn't call us to listen to good messages every week. He didn't say, this is Peter, the rock on whom I'm going to build my good preaching. No, he called us to be part of his church. He called us to be part of a community of God to be established in a place. He called us out of a culture and into his kingdom culture. And part of his kingdom culture is being rooted and established and learning how to let it grow in the midst of weeds. So listening to good messages every week is not being part of the family of God. And I know that it feels like good teaching. And I know that it's sustaining like a little bit, but it's like a glass vase with some water. You're still not established. You're still not planted. He has called us to be in community. And it's all right. Just come on home. I was talking to some friends who pastor a couple of states over, I don't know, a week or two ago. We were talking about, Honestly, this very thing, I didn't realize I was gonna preach it in this message yet. But we were talking because, because pastors everywhere are going. It was so unsettling the last two years. And people thought they were pulling up weeds, but they accidentally pulled up themselves. And at the risk of just speaking on behalf of all of us, my pastors and I, we know we can see you. Don't keep treading water for your pride or for the shame that you feel. Just come home, get re-rooted. Don't uproot your fruit. You have to learn to let it grow. He has called us to be rooted people to live resilient lives. Amen? We're, we're actually, we're gonna talk about it more next week. Next week, we're talking about the story of the prodigal son. And we're gonna talk about how to come home, and we're gonna talk about what to do if you stayed home. Amen? Because it's time for some people to get re-rooted and to learn to let it grow in the midst of the weeds. Amen? Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your truth is true forever. I thank you that you are faithful always, that you walk with us in every season and in every single situation. God, so give us clarity. Help us to stay focused on you. Don't let us get distracted by the weeds of this life, but let us focus on what you're doing. I speak over us that we are rooted, that we are established, God, that we grow deep into the places that you have planted us, and that we will grow up resilient in our most holy faith. I thank you for what you've spoken today, and I thank you for what you're doing today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen church.